everyone, welcome to another session uh, of the Product-Led Podcast. I'm super excited to be talking about product-led sales here with Fred. He is the co-founder and CEO of Blinks. He also wrote an ebook all about this. Fred, how are things with you? Hey, Ramli. I'm, I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I can't really complain. I'm super excited to talk about product-led sales. Uh, it's often, yeah, we, do, we don't talk about it as much in the product-led podcast. So I'm super excited to think about it. Before we do, I just love to get to know, you know, the audience get to know you a little bit. And you said you like walking your dog in the morning and listening to podcasts. I'm curious, other than the product-led podcast, <laughs> what other podcast shows do you listen to in the morning like, to get you hyped up or even to get you inspired and excited? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because walking my dog, honestly, for mental health is like what holds me together right now. It's really valuable to just spend time off of the computer and just listen to podcasts and, and walk. The main ones I would say, aside from the product by podcast, obviously, uh, how I built this by Guy Raz. I, I love it. The SaaS podcast by Omer is incredible. Sometimes if you want good data, the Nathan Latka podcast. Uh, but there's a few, like a couple of sales ones, like sales transformation and millennial sales, sales hacker. I would say those are the main ones. Yes. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of um, Guy Ross's uh, How to Build It. What was it called? How, how I Built, oh, I built it, This. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Great shows that you mentioned there. Hopefully people can check it out as well. So also obviously his show. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to jump right in and... I mean, I'm not sure about you, but I get this all the time. I hear from people on LinkedIn, from Twitter, that sales and product like both can't work together. For people who say that, like, what do you tell them? What is your response to them when they say that? Yeah, I get that a lot too. And I think it's, people think like product like growth is just having a free trial. So I think that's that's like the first mistake there is thinking product like growth is just having a freemium or a free trial. But if you look at the best performing like SaaS companies that we all know, like Slack, like Zoom, like Notion, Miro, those companies have a big part of their revenue engine that is sales interacting with users. You wouldn't think about it at first, but Slack actually, like I think 40-ish percent of the revenue in 2020 was sales in driving expansion revenue or driving more conversions. So no, that's absolutely not true. And product-like companies, it's not true that they don't have sales reps. If you look at those companies that I've mentioned, they're hiring 50% more sales reps every year. And we see it on the lower end too for smaller companies. It's not true that a user flow or a user pilot or SenseSpark or Hugo don't have sales reps. At some point, like you do want to automate part of your users and just let them convert by themselves. That's the goal of product led, being product-led, but you also want your sales reps to engage with more high-value accounts and and engage where they can. And at the end of the day, people try your product before they get to you, but people want to buy from people. And sometimes you have some friction in your product that a sales rep is needed to go past or get people to success. So no, absolutely not. PLG doesn't mean no sales. I love you started like listing off already. And once again, Wes and I are both the same situation. Like I love like a hybrid approach because there are some people who just they don't want to talk to sales they just want to try it and there are some people who do raise up their hands and say hey can i talk to somebody from sales because i just want somebody to show it to me and you're totally right that like a hybrid approach is usually the best way you started already listing out like how sales and product led can work hand in hand you were talking about like removing friction and other things like that 
how are you seeing, like, you probably, it seems like you've talked to other companies like Hugo and other companies, like how sales is working in their organization. How is that yep. sales led and product led working together in organizations that make it work? Yeah, that's a great point. And I mean, the basis of what we're building at Blinks in our platform is to help enable sales in a product-led organization by by tracking, you know, the the key milestones that sales should engage on. Uh, but what we're seeing is, and I think Lemlist is a great example of that. They run a lot of outbound and they reach out to a lot of people, but you can still like you get to know Lemlist from their community from you can sign up to their product for free. So I think the way that it's working together, it's it's not necessarily like change the whole sales motion. It's really more like integrate product data or product insights into your sales funnel so that the teams internally know which users will convert by themselves on their own. And you can just send automated messages, but which users need to have an engagement or need to engage with, with a sales rep or a CS rep. And I, it's, you mentioned something that's interesting is converting a user faster or like friction points, but it's not necessarily just, Hey, this is a big account in your product. There's a lot of use cases that are strong, whether it's, if your product requires a lot of friction points to get to success. If users raise their hand in the product, that's another one. But also expanding accounts that are close to your premium features, but are still on the fence. Like it's a great way for sales rep to engage. Uh, there's multiple use cases for product-led sales that it's just a, you don't necessarily change your sales motion. You just adapt it and you have more visibility onto what people do in your product. I love those use cases. Have you interviewed somebody from like, can you provide like a, a company like that you've talked to and then how sales is like working in their product led motion? You talked about like friction, like, you know, people getting stuck or like people find identifying who are high accounts, like for people to get context as to like how it's actually working inside a company that you've talked to or heard about or uh, that you've worked with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a good example of that is is Userflow. Espen is a is a great guy, a thought leader in the product led sales space. I think you you know him, but he explained in a video how he runs his product led sales motion, and essentially is, and it, they've they've been able to reach millions in AR by just being three internally. So I think that shows the power of having a good product led sales motion, and we're starting to work with them. But it's mainly, hey, I have a lot of people coming into my product. Some of them will just convert by themselves. We have a free trial on the website. They can get into the product. They can reach certain product actions. But the goal of, of product-led sales is, okay, out of those, let's say 100 users that sign up this given week, which of them have reached key product milestones or have taken key actions that indicate that they're either stuck or that they can get to a conversion if I interact with them? For example, for user flow, and has been shared that publicly, so I'm going to share it now. For user flow, it's any user that installs the user flow snippet onto their website or product and spend 30 minutes in the app. That's really a qualified lead, a product qualified lead for them. And then you could add some firmographic data onto that if you only want to focus your high touch efforts on companies, for example, over 20 employees. Uh, so when you find that, you would use a tool like Blinks to send you a Slack message, or you can view it through our, our platform and you can engage those people in a more thoughtful, contextual basis. So I think that's really the base of it. For another example that I can give is, is a company like SenseSpark, 
that are a competitor to Loom, they're a great video platform, recently saw with our milestone detection um, system that Snowflake had reached a key milestone in their product. But with the volume that they usually have coming into their product, you might not see that a company like Snowflake, which you absolutely do want to engage with right now, like it's it's a very high, high, high potential customer. Well, you do want to track that and you do want to engage that, that company. Although part of probably 60% of your users, you're still going to run automation and automated emails and they'll, they'll be fine by themselves. So I hope those are two good examples. No, they're perfect. Uh, I love how you brought up user flow and like figuring out like when exactly that moment is to reach out. I mean, I guess that's a follow-up question I have is, and I feel like this is one of those questions where it, it depends on the product, but how do you help guide like a sales, like whether it's a founder team or a sales team to figure out when the right moment to reach out and to, and you talked about like product qualified lead, but like how, like at what point do you say, Hey, this is actually a good moment for your sales team to reach out. You talked about firmographic as well, but like, what are some of your guidelines or thoughts or like if somebody asks, Hey, Fred, like, I don't want to bother my users. <laughs> when should I or my sales team reach out to them? It depends. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a very, that's a very iterative process mm, uh, for, sure. for the company to figure out because we're seeing with product-led sales and bottom-up sales in general, whether you're marketing-led or community-led or product-led, you have to be extremely contextual to get your users' attention, but also to, to add value. And that's why I think we're seeing that time-based sequences work less and less. And there's been a company that we, I chatted with that the VP sales told me they removed their onboarding automated campaign and it did absolutely no impact on their conversion rate. So I think the main guidelines are first look at the data that you have with your product team, uh, whether it's through Mixpanel or Amplitude or Heap or Pendo, whatever it is, look at what are their key actions or levels of users have taken these key actions that correlate to a potential to convert. And I think that's the basis of starting to define your base levels for product-led sales or for people to engage. Yeah, look at the dashboards that you have in product usage and try to see correlation and then try it out, do experimentations. But I think the when is really important. You want to engage. And that's why there's a notification part of most of the product-led sales platform is you want to engage right after someone does an action for example, whether that's in your product or on LinkedIn, recently a CRO of a company engaged with my post on LinkedIn. And right after that, I reached out saying, Hey, I saw you engaged on, you like my post, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I entered some personalized message and that booked a meeting right away. I think that's the same concept with product led sales is you have a lot of users that come into your product. The ones that you identified that are high value, well, you need to be notified when they take key actions. So like, Hey, saw that you just did this action in our product and you just shared this presentation that you created. How about we book a meeting so I can show you what other companies are getting in terms of value with our premium features. So I think embedding product engagement and having visibility for the sales teams on that is a great way to have the really the timing of your reach out that books more meetings. I love that. It totally makes sense. And I'm with you. That experimentation process is what I would have responded to as well, because there is no like silver bullet kind of thing where like, oh, this is the right moment. Reach out. You also mentioned earlier about like firmographics. Like, I guess this adding to the context of like who would be a good one. I'm guessing 
maybe it makes sense to reach out to like a, a one person startup and uh, reaching out to them versus like you were talking about like let's say snowflake sign up now now things changed right like something or even yeah. amazon like one of your dream customer signs up how do you also help them decide the right kind of company to do more proactive outreach versus like okay this this one's a little too too small for you guys uh, what are your thoughts around around that yeah, I think a great baseline for that is, and, and you shared it in one of your articles for Sales Hackers, the qualification metrics created by Derek at Sherlock. And it's, it's really a graph that shows, uh, that helps you identify whether you should engage manually or automate a user or a prospect based on the level of their product engagement, but also the other axis, the X axis is the, whether they fit your ICP. So I, I think in terms of the firmographics is, is what is your ideal customer profile? Is your ideal customer profile a company over 100 em- employees or between 20 employees and 100? Do you want to target mainly companies in the United States or Canada, or you don't care about location? Are there specific verticals or industries? So that's really where the firmographic side of product qualified lead tracking is important is, okay, well, this account has done all of the actions in my product that qualify them for me to engage, but it's a one-person company. So I might leave them to just convert by themselves. It obviously depends on the size of your sales teams, your strategy, whether you're fully bottom-up or you're mixing a sales ad and a product-led strategy. But that's where the firmographic comes in is who's your ideal customer profile. And then you merge that with product engagement and that can give you focus on like, okay, maybe a company that is super, super huge, like Snowflake, even though they've taken less product actions, I still want to engage with them. And the opposite could be true also. So good. Yeah, you're totally right there. I think you're finding that sweet spot is exactly where the magic could happen. I want to kind of zoom in to the role of the salesperson itself. How is the role of the sales team or salesperson shifting in, in this motion now, You know, whether that's being less aggressive well i don't know maybe they are still aggressive they still have quota right but like what are some things that have changed in terms of like the traditional outbound sales team salesperson versus like more of this product-led salesperson that's a great question and i think it's the the main thing is really coming from the point of view of i want to help my users get to success I think that's that's the main thing is not I want to close, I want to beat quota or I want to close deals is for a product like company, the sales rep really needs to think about, and that's what I, I see in, in companies that do it well, is okay, how can I get my users to more value in my product? And most of the time that'll translate into more revenue for me. Uh, so I think that's the main thing of being extremely consultative in your approach and how you engage your prospects of like, hey, saw that you were stuck. Can I help you? Can I help you get past this hurdle? Or saw that you could get a lot of value from our premium feature. Let me show you how our other clients are, are doing it. So I think it really thinking about how can I help my users get the value first and foremost. So I think that's the main part of it. And the other part on how you execute on that is to really be contextual. And I think that's where product data is super valuable is you want to engage users not because they've been in your product for 30 days and it's a like generic time frame is you want to engage your users because they've reached some level in your product or like a decision maker just signed up to your product like you want to engage with them you want to handhold user pilot did that with me 
they saw that I signed up to their product and with my title and they reached out proactively. So I think that's really the, I, I think that's really the base of how the, the role of sales is changing is be extremely contextual, consultative, and really work alongside your users, right? You're in a car and your, your user or your prospect is the driver and you're trying to be in the passenger seat and just help them get through the road and where they want to go as fast as, as they can. And in the best companies that are merging product-led and sales-led, I see it also, like I posted about this yesterday, I had a chat with um, Justin King at Lattice and he's the head of commercial sales there. And he was telling me that he was listening to gong recordings of his AEs and the calls that they have with the prospects. And the first 10 minutes are really report building. Like do you would think that a sales rep would switch into sales mode really quickly, but a good part of it was building that relationship with the user, understanding where they're trying to go. It's not about me. It's really about them. So I think we're seeing this shift in the best SaaS companies on the market right now. I love that. It's like building that relationship, building that rapport and like getting them to success, really the main focus. I also wanted to ask you around other things, whether... You know, we've talked a lot now about like more high level stuff. We talked about the, the salesperson, the sales team. In terms of like measuring the success of that, is it the same as before where like it's conversion? Like, how, how do you measure the success of a product led sales strategy? Is it still the number of calls? <laughs> like, is it still like uh, hitting the payment? Like, what are some metrics that you've seen for measuring the success of product led sales strategy? Yeah, tough one. I would ask you the same question, but I'll answer it first. <laughs> that I, I think for me, it's it obviously depends on your funnel. It obviously depends on the strategy because some companies are extremely product-led 100%. Some companies are merged between sales and sales-led and product-led and they, they try to merge the two together. But I think for me, what I see the most, so I won't say an opinion, I, I'll say what I see in, in companies. I think the best fit is a merge of a like product action metric that you track. For example, Flinks, a company here in in Montreal, they use the North Star metric in the main product action that they want people to take. And that's also how they evaluate the performance of the sales teams because they're an API tool. And for them, if the number of calls to the API increases, it reflects on the whole company's performance. So I think that's a super good insight of what is a North Star action in your product that you can attribute to both sales, but marketing and growth and whatever developers. And that helped me, the the CEO was telling me that, and that helped me a lot of, okay, is there one product action that if it grows, it means that sales grow. It means that marketing is performing well. It means the product is performing well. So I think that would be the first thing that I would advise in terms of identifying whether your product-led sales strategy is working well is a North Star metric in your product. The other is more of a revenue-driven, I would say net retention revenue, I would say is the number that I would track. Obviously, it depends. OpenView has a lot of great content on this, but big part of product-led sales is expansion revenue. Uh, so net new retained revenue, I think is a great metric to track whether you've acquired new revenue, but your sales reps are helping also expand the accounts and retain some of the revenue. So that would, that would be the two main ones. What do you think though? I'm curious to get your thoughts. That's why I asked you. I was, sure. <laughs> I was like still trying to wrap my head around that. I think the net new revenue makes a ton of sense. You're right. It's going back to that relationship. Like that relationship is key to the expansion piece as you like find more problems that the user is facing 
then you can introduce other use cases or, or features or upgrade them to a higher tier based on that relationship. So that that totally makes sense. I would definitely not go for like amount of book meetings. Or yeah, like right, exactly. <laughs> amount of touches. Like that's at the end of the right. day, like product led is you want to you want to show value before, like you want to focus on the value that your users get. Mm. So I think those two really represent well. And it also sounds cool that you mentioned Northstar metric. I think tying that usually that's more of like a product thing, uh, product like measurement, but like you're totally right as well. Like if you can get sales people to get their, their conversations to drive them to that key action, whether that's like setting up something and finally launching something uh, and getting that going is super, super, super helpful and important. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now I, I know how to respond Pleasure. to that question. If somebody, if somebody asked me, thanks, Fred. I want to shift gears one last time and talk more about like a company that is trying to implement a product-led sales strategy for the first time. I know you wrote a guide about it as well as like you probably, like once again, you have a product-led sales podcast, right? Like, uh, is it called product-led sales podcast? What do, what do you call it? It's called Value First. The ebook was called that too. Value First, a product-led sales podcast. Awesome. Thanks for the shout out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, anything. <laughs> I thought it's very useful. I think this whole product-led sales stuff is very new. So like if people are like still trying to figure this stuff out, but the question I have for you around this is like, let's say a company is trying to implement product-led sales strategy for this first time. What would be some of their first steps to like getting that going? And then like, yeah, so that they can start question. taking advantage of that. Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of companies are trying to figure this out right now because they're seeing the best companies, the companies that grow the most do that. I mean, Lemlist went from zero to 10 million in, in three years and like the Slacks and the Asana and all those companies. So I think people are waking up to, oh shit, that might be like a really, really good go-to-market strategy. I think the first step, and Wes talks about this a lot, is getting buy-in. I think that's still where a lot of companies, especially medium to large are struggling is getting buy-in from their team and knowing that being product-led or, or having a product-led sales motion doesn't only affect sales. It doesn't mean no sales, completely the opposite. So I think it's it's getting buy-in and really getting all of the business functions involved because I think product-led growth goes past just the product team and the developing team, the growth team, the marketing, the sales team needs to all be aligned on what are the benefits and what's the strategy. So I would say that would be my first step. The second is make sure that you have data to track. I mean, the whole base of having a bottom-up motion, whether it's marketing-led or product-led, is you want data to be able to make good decisions. And you can't have an efficient product-led sales motion if you don't have good data. Whether you want to automate contextual emails with a tool like Customer.io, or you want to tell your sales teams which accounts to focus on with the tool like Blinks. Like you need the data. So I would highly recommend, obviously, the base tools or mixed panels, amplitude, to, and those kinds of tools to understand your, your usage. But having a, a customer data platform like Segment to funnel your data into all your tools is extremely necessary and must have, in my opinion. If you're a bigger size, maybe transferring from Segment to a data warehouse and then using a reverse ETL tool like Census or high touch could be a, a great option. So that would be my second step is really getting the data. And then the third step would be to start acting on that data, which is why product-led sales platforms like us exist. So it's really defining like what are the main actions that you want your sales teams or your CS teams to be notified on and who are the ideal customer profiles that 
you want to target and then start with something extremely small. Like people overcomplicate things. I see a lot of content on protocolified leads out there that are, you read this and you're like, oh man, how in the hell am I supposed to figure this out? Right. But just start simple. Like, right. okay, track one product qualified lead, one main action taken X amount of that. times, and then yeah. uh, number of employees for your ICP. And that's it. Start receiving Slack messages or notify your, your teams and start reaching out to them and you, you'll see the results. So I think like starting simple and iterating from that would be my third step. And then you have smart people internally that can... They can iterate and uh, improve. I would say those are the first three. I don't want to go further than that. No, that's good. Three, three's uh, around like a good number, <laughs> like three. Uh, it's a good odd number usually with lists. Thank you so much for sharing that. Just a second to the last question. I know we've talked a lot about stuff and man, that, that was such good advice. Just keep it simple. <laughs> Start simple. Just, do, yeah, just dude, go for keep it. it. Keep it simple. <laughs> Again, it, it goes back to, sorry to, to interrupt, but it goes back to how you track the results of a product-led sales effort just a North star, a North star metric. Like what's the one thing that you're, if you were to track would show like how your company's is performing and you can start with tracking your product qualified leads or accounts just with that and see how it goes and then add more. Makes a ton of sense. Usually I ask this question, but I feel like it's already answered the last response you had. What would be your final advice to people, uh, to founders, to sales team who are like looking at product led sales what would be like one or two pieces of, of final advice and feel free to totally use that last thing because it's just now stuck in my head. Like keep <laughs> it simple, but like what is your parting advice essentially before we wrap up this episode? Yeah. I mean, uh, you we just said it, keep it simple. I think that would be the, I, I think that would be the first one. Keep it simple and iterate. I mean, that's how people build products anyway. So why would you overcomplicate your sales motion? So keep it simple. That would be the first one. But then the second one, and it's something I said at the beginning of our discussion, and I think it's really important is always keep the success of your users in mind when you build your product-led sales motion. And I think we see it with companies that are doing well with Outbound right now is they really send emails that are extremely empathetic and relevant and contextual. So I think that would be the basis of how the main advice that I would have for companies trying to implement a product-led sales strategy is think about everything that you do in terms of how can I provide value to my users and provide more value if they're already in my product. And then everything will, will work well from there if you have that mentality. Awesome, Fred. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. If people had more questions about product-led sales or anything else like that, where can people find out more about you? Is it LinkedIn? As well as where can people find out more about Blinks online? Yeah, I mean, for, for Blinks, it's Blinks.com, B-L-I-I-N-X.com. You can check us out. I'm really active on LinkedIn, so people can add me, DM. They can ask any questions, and I'm always happy to have a chat on product by sales. Awesome, Fred. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. It was an honor to be on your podcast. Really appreciate it. 